0: Welcome to the Painted Target Podcast. episode five, the Painted Target podcast. I'm Jason at Aware Integrate on Twitter, awarenessintegrations.com. Rick is not here. He is saving the world again, like he's been doing the past couple weeks. I got my friend Nick here. He is a biochemist and I would say that He's good at seeing things from an extended point of view, and he's very good at systems. This is how I would describe him to people that don't know him. He could put things together, see puzzles, see things that I don't see, see things that we all don't see, and today we're doing kind of a weapons-free where we're just going to talk about anything, so thanks for coming on, Nick. Hey, Jason. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, we are going to. So a lot of times on Twitter, I talk a lot of shit about the news. I talk shit about the media. I just, I kind of get in this state where I don't really see the point to any of it, but I have to admit that in some ways that's a little hypocritical because we're here, we're in this life, we got to experience it. And some, one of the people that has helped me to see that a little bit has been Nick, because I was really, I felt essentially completely detached from all that stuff for a while. But as I said, you know, you live in this world and you got to be involved a little bit. You just have to look at it from kind of a different viewpoint. So what we'll start off today is uh, with is, you know, how do you look at these things? So Nick, this is a question. I'll put out to you and see what you say here is, you know, how do you look at these things that are going on in life, the news, the media, just, you know, anything you could be in the gym. That's what I see. I'm in the gym and the TV's on and all this stuff is popping up and it's designed as you know, to, you know, suck you in. So how does someone kind of, you know, be involved with the world, be involved with some of these things and kind of look at it nowadays from, like, a detached position. I mean, what is your view, honestly, of what's going on nowadays? I mean, what's going on nowadays with people? That's a broad question. (laughs) That's the
1: eternal question, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) No, but uh, to get to the actual question, it's – I find it fascinating because no matter how aware you are, I think it's one of those things that always takes effort. And uh, some of the stuff going on right now, you know, in the headlines, I think is a perfect example. Uh, I think we were talking earlier today, you know, the whole stuff with the NFL guy Kraft, who's now being associated with uh, sex rings and all that. And at the same time, uh, Acosta, uh, somebody in the Trump administration is apparently involved with uh, this stuff as well. I won't go too much into it. I don't want to sidetrack it. The point of it is this. It's interesting, if you look at any media, I don't care if it's uh, network news, if it's Twitter, Facebook, or if you're just talking to your friends, or just listening to people talking in public, everything is looked at from a binary perspective. Um, If you don't like Trump, then, oh my God, look, Trump is tied into sex rings because somebody who's in his administration is associated with it it justifies your entire world view. You're not looking for, you're not actually looking for anything. All you're looking for is to have your perspective verified. And anything you see, you're going to see it in a light that justifies your perspective of the world. Yep. Now, if you take the opposite side, whether you like Trump or maybe you just don't like the other, you know, the, the left side of the spectrum, you're going to say, well, look, you know, this is a perfect example of how screwed up they are. As with most things, especially given your background, you know this, is the truth is often uncomfortably in the middle. Yeah. People have, you can make legitimate points. You know, Trump has probably been involved in some uh, shady dealings. Okay. You know, who in power hasn't? So you kind of have to, what's your actual question? What do you really want to know? I'm not asking you that. I'm saying when you look at any of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the, the interesting, the interesting point you made is, you know, this ties into kind of what we were saying before the podcast is we're basically, okay, so two points, one thing, and I know you'll relate to this is so, I feel like when we first started kind of talking, it was, I just felt detached from everything. I, you know, people know my story, I've written about it. Um, and I kind of went in this space where I just dropped everything. I mean, you know, where I live, it's easy to do that, actually. So I kind of dropped everything was out. And then I started noticing that I was kind of getting mad at it, like the news stuff going on in the media. And I had to look, you know, like I tell people what was causing that. I don't 100% know. I mean, I looked and it was probably because of my past and some of the jobs and seeing these things and kind of, you know, but I kind of noticed that once I kind of got to a point where my awareness expanded, you know, you, there's a difference between disconnection and unattachment. So I kind of came back into, I would say, just probably in the last, it, it could be literally month, And I kind of bounced back and forth into what's going on in the world. You know, I see it in the gym and media. And it's funny because I kind of, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's entertainment. I mean, this is entertainment. There has been times like between sets or something, I'll look up at the TV and I'm like, this is no different from a reality TV show. I mean, this is like pure entertainment and you know, you don't want to waste your time on something like that. But when you get to a point where, you know, everyone online talks about mastery. Well, when you're at a point where you can actually see who you are, know how you are, be more in control, quotation marks, than asleep, you can watch this stuff with a detachment and be okay with it. You could kind of take what you need from life and be part of this game that we're in And not be fed up with it. But that's the first point. The second point is, like you said, we are in a time now where people aren't looking for data or news so much. People like me and you are. But most people are looking for something to confirm their bias. They're they're looking for, let me get some confirmation that this or that is going on. And that's like you said, and obviously this is, I'll see see what your opinion on this is. Mine is we have it so easy nowadays in as far as survival, you know, everybody's position is subjective. I'm not saying everyone has it easy in general, but survival wise that I think we look for other things to kind of be emotional about, freak out about you know, just get nuts about. And the easiest thing is this type of stuff, you know, reality TV or what's going on with Trump and all these things. That's kind of my view on it is extra emotionality. What What do you think about it? I agree with
1: you 100%. If, you know, you can start getting a little bit arcane and say, look at the, uh, look at the history of human legends, our stories, our myths. Our psychology, um, you can get way more into the moment of right now peer point um, politics or even sports, football, hockey, yep. soccer, whatever you want, if you look at it, people humanity it defines themselves through our struggles mm-hmm. so you know once our lives you know in any first world nation and realistically in probably a large majority of the planet at this point, you don't have any real struggles to actually survive. You may not have the same quality of life, the same toys, the same comforts, but there are probably, if you really look at it, very few places on this planet that a human would actually struggle to stay alive, where you being alive tomorrow is an open question. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if most of our history your existence is based on that one question. What do I do to be alive tomorrow or next week or keep my family alive until next week or through the winter? When now your biggest worry is, for the most part, I have to pay a bill. Well, okay. My family's not dead if I don't pay the bill. Yes, there are consequences, but it's not lethal. Yeah. So you think it's kind of like eating a some sort of food that never fills you up. No matter how much you eat, you're never full. You're going to go crazy looking for anything that will satiate you. You know, hence you, whether it's politics or whether it's, uh, you know, Facebook drama or social media drama. It's We create our own drama because it's almost like a survival mechanism. Air, water, food. Well, you need drama because you need a goal. How many people have goals anymore? How easy, even if you want a goal, how, how easy is it to actually find one?
0: Yeah. And, you know, another point to bring up is you can have a goal nowadays and you might just be labeled as something else. You know, it's like everything that could kind of be considered old school or, you know, uh, old school or just kind of dedicated is looked at as a bad thing. You know, it's, I think we're in a, in a place now where we have what you just said, we have these struggles, we, well, we built, we make struggles, we, we, I I think there's, I'm sure in neuroscience, there's, there's a name for this where it's, and, you know, psych, psychology, where we had these pathways in our brains, we have these areas of the brain, they were designed for survival, they were designed for these things. They're not being stimulated like they used to, so they're being stimulated in a new way. And on top of that, you got to watch everything you say. You got to watch everything you do. You can't do this. You can't do that. I mean, you really are kind of in a bind. And I think people, you know, I tweet out all the time that people build their own mental boxes and then they can't get out of them. You know, it's titles, definitions, and we have a constant narration in our head 24-7. So you have all of this and you have to watch what you say. So people, you know, what are they supposed to do? I, I can't even imagine growing up nowadays, not that I was born 100 years ago, but, you know, it, it's it's just a whole different world and like you said nobody's running from lions anymore you know at least the people that are on twitter so what do you i mean it's insane and then now the interesting part though and this is where so one thing about nick for the people listening is i've always told him that i feel he brings science to spirituality to awareness. I say awareness more because, you know, spirituality, that word I think is very overused nowadays and nobody, people say they know what it means, but I don't think they do. So I use awareness, getting out of your program, taking a bird's eye view, seeing all the pieces, but not getting attached to any one piece. So here's the interesting part. And I think, Nick, I think you'll tie this in perfectly is we just said all that stuff. So we've been recording for how long we said all the stuff about what's going on, but people are waking up. There's a section where people are waking up a little bit. I, I feel like if you look at this, it's perfect duality in some ways, but it doesn't make a lot of sense in some ways, or you have so many extremes now that it's forcing the center. It's forcing the transcendence. It's forcing people to see it. I mean, I caught a little bit of your podcast that you just did with Jay a little bit at the end and it's, you know, people are waking up to this stuff. You could go on Twitter and you've shown me a few accounts. I've shown you some accounts and people are tweeting stuff that, you know, you'd be tweeting in a mystery school if they had Twitter back in the day. I mean, these are, people are seeing stuff. So what, what do you think's going on? With all these extremes, why is there any group that's waking up? I mean, look at me. I'm a perfect example. I, I, I never was on this path. So what do you think it is?
1: You know, I guess I'll give a, a slight little background of some of my personal views. Um, there's a lot of stuff on cycles. You know, you can look at it from those basic perspectives. You know, there are cycles to seasons, to the weather. To the moons, to you know, pretty much everything. You know, people have taken that into finance, you know, in pretty much any aspect of life. If you spend more than five minutes looking, somebody has written huge amounts of stuff on cycles and their nature. I'm a actually minored in history in, in uh, college, so you know, I have a little bit of a thing for history. And one of the fascinating things is the cycle of empire. So civilizations are essentially no different than you or I. Um, They go through the same cycle. They're born, they mature, they live out their prime, then they age and they die. It it happens to every single empire. The cycle can shift a little, just like in people. Some people mature faster, some people die sooner. No real difference. If you look at the West, um, we're essentially in the elderly or depending on how you look at it, terminal phase of the cycle of empire. And getting more, I suppose, into the uh, biological and psychological side. If you're in the prime or the early phase of the cycle of empire, just everything around you is going to push you and really support you in staying on message with the narrative. Hey, this is, think about 1950s USA hey, this is the best country in the world and who's going to argue with you? It's a damn good place for 90% of people, right? Yeah. Um, so even if you're like, hey, I'm waking up and seeing this, you're the weird guy, you're always going to be the weird guy. There's nothing else wrong to, for anybody or even for yourself to look at things and say, well, maybe I need to ask a question. But now you're, you're later, so to that point, If you're gonna go that route in 1950s America or the prime of any empire, it's gonna have to be a mystery school. Because outside of that, everything is too good for you to question it. You get later into a a cycle of empire, into the elderly phase or the terminal phase, well, things are falling apart. You know, all these great systems like, hey, we remember this, you know, well, I don't, I know you don't directly, we weren't alive. We're directly remember the 50s, but we, we've seen the TV shows, the pictures, we've heard our uh, grandparents and our parents talk about it. Well, The world I live in is so different. Well, what's wrong? It's actually a very easy question to ask. Most people don't get past that, but now, pretty much anybody, and they do, listen to the media, listen to the radio, listen to your friends or your neighbors. Everybody asks that question now. What's going on with the world? Yeah. So the big change is you can actually ask the question now, and you're not the weird guy. Now you become the weird guy if you start to status, it's question the status quo. But once the question even becomes legitimate, you've opened Pandora's box.
0: Yep. And you have social media, and you have technology, so you open that box, and it just spreads. You know, <laughs> it just doesn't stop. And I, I'm you're you're talking, and I'm thinking about kind of like the modern day mystery school, which could be like a private account on Twitter. I mean, that people are a member of, you know, you got people like Kanye West and, you know, famous people pushing out stuff that you're like, oh shit, you know, there's like a little bit of like this guy, this this guy, that guy, whoever it is, there's more there than this person is just a rapper. This person is just a whatever, you know, they they've had a little insight at some point you know so we, we are kind of in that time where it's almost like you're able to ask why like you said and that's what I try to tell people all the time is I was talking to a guy today actually on Twitter and it it was just like so I just basically told him you got to ask why in everything you do and you know one of my problems for years has been too much why and me and you have spoken about that but when you hit a point where you can kind of detach from it you can ask why and see what pops up I mean I'm going off a little bit on different road here but me and you have both had times and a lot of people have they can't usually explain it but you know you have times where you ask why you go against the status quo a little bit and then if you just sit back and kind of, this is what people do when they meditate, you sit back and you kind of watch it, You usually get an answer. You'll wake up in the morning. You'll, I mean, me and you have had so many discussions about this where boom, something happens and there's your answer. But like you said, you know, in the fifties, you can't talk about that stuff. That's that's not going to work. And that would be the cycle back in, in the Egyptian days. It was what, wasn't it Plato? And all these people were going to the, to the, uh, what were, I just heard about this. What is it? The, you would know what this is. It begins with an E is it youth, something mysteries, EU youth, insane mysteries or something like that. But I'm totally botching the word, but you know, all these famous philosophers, they were going there and some of them, you know, so they were getting initiated into these schools. Some of them were doing psychedelics out the ass, you know, and that's where a lot of this stuff came from. So That was a cycle. Then you come into later, and you've got all these other things. You've got the church. You've got, it's a big jump from the church to the 1950s, but you couldn't ask. So that's a good point because I guess we're in a time now where you can kind of ask it. But it's funny because we're also in a time, as you were saying on the other podcast, where we're watched the most, where the money stuff. So you, I feel like this is like Hermetics you know, at, at best, because you're seeing the different degrees of the polls. You're seeing this situation where on one hand I could say everything's going to shit. And then on the other hand, you've got a huge segment that's asking the questions, but we're doing it through technology, but all technology is monitored. I mean, so it's just a crazy circle. You know what I mean? <laughs> it- It is. It definitely is. And You know, not to get too
1: arcane here, but as you know, we've spoken about this before. You have to keep in mind, and this isn't always easy to do, that everything is fractal. You know, look at an atom, the structure of an atom, and look at a solar system. Look at a picture of a neuron, and look at a picture of the entire universe that we have. They're indistinguishable. Everything's fractal yeah so what's my point with that? We're talking about cycles of empire and you know when you can question and when you can't well look at the life cycle of a person you take a a twenty twenty five year old kid man woman I don't care you can't tell them anything. they are invincible and everything they are doing is perfect I don't care how fantastic the knowledge you have for them is it doesn't matter now suddenly jump forward until they're let's say in their 50s and 60s they're questioning everything think about your parents your grandparents it's not always in a bad way either but okay I, I did this stuff as a kid was that a good idea no well, okay maybe it was maybe it wasn't think about the times you've just sat around your family and either taken part in those discussions with older people in your family or just listened in on them it, it's entire the phase exists at all all scales it's uh yeah. yeah,
0: it's it's interesting too, and that's another good point. Is you know someone like you, you have a family, and I would feel so. I don't have kids, but I I feel like that would be kind of a that would be quite the path to tread, because someone like you, you know, you're aware. You know what's going on outside the programming and, you know, have a spiritual center, have an internal center, whatever word you want to use, but you have a society where there's not a lot of that. There's sections that are waking up. I'm not going against that, but not, it's not the common man, so to speak. So when you have a family, when you have kids, I mean, we've talked about this privately, but you know. What are you doing? Because there's, I know, I know a few guys that will be listening to this that have families and they ask me this question. How do you navigate this maze of all the things we just said and lead your family in this environment? Huh. Well, I, I don't have the answer for you. I can tell you how I
1: try. You know, my approach, especially given material we're talking about and some of the discussions we've had is well let me actually take a step back because this this is actually a better explanation you're talking about awareness and you know be aware of everything ask why of everything i take a slightly different approach i I don't ask why i take the default approach of i'm fucking everything up i'm doing it wrong Mm -hmm. Uh, unless i am unless i'm like blissfully happy about something i'm doing it wrong and that, that's not a negative. It's not like I need to punish myself for anything else. It's, you know, think about a kid learning a bike. Uh, you're doing it wrong. Let, let me help you out and you're going to get a better result. Mm-hmm. So by asking that question of myself, well, I'm doing it wrong, that allows me to question everything I'm doing. All right, well, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and it's producing a result I'm not like. you know, I don't like. I'm not liking this. Um, so what can I do differently? And it, if you really do that, at least what I find, is that, well, I don't actually like the answer I come up with, but if I'm truly going to say what I'm doing now isn't producing the results I want, let me try this thing over here. It may take a little mental effort, sometimes physical effort, and if you really have that internal discussion with yourself, and our And as you know, it's very easy to lie to yourself, even in, in internal discussion. So if you're very brutally honest with yourself in that little mental space, you'll find just little tweaks that you can make in life that just blow you away. And honestly, I don't think you'll find unless you start to take that sort of approach and be willing to give up, you know, your perception of the world. I think X. Okay, well, it's wrong. So, hmm. What am, Even if it's a little thing, maybe I'm not willing to change everything, but what little thing am I willing to do differently and see what happens?
0: Yeah, and, and it's a good point because it still is a good version of awareness because you can't do any of that stuff if you don't have the awareness to see it. And, and the, the thing that's that's interesting is, you know, me and you, the groups that were in, the people we talked to, you know, none of us are claiming to be Buddha or anything like that, but we're very aware of these inner discussions and what's right and what's wrong. And I have no problem calling out my faults because there are many, and that's what led me to here. But the interesting part, and this is, you know, I I wrote a book, it's being edited right now. I don't think I've even ever announced it, but really the whole point of it was a lot of ways a discussion with myself but the thing that's funny and I just kept repeating this in it is we don't know most of us that we are anything besides that narration you know this is why I go so heavy in the mind and all my writing because that is what's killing us in a lot of ways you know it's You know, that's what Hermetic says, all is mine. They're kind of meaning it a few ways, but we could sit here and talk about all this stuff, but people don't even know that walking around all day in your thoughts, in your mind, in your perceptions are basically what's killing you. I was listening to a podcast today by, you know, one of these famous guys. And the guy was an MD and he he wasn't talking about this, but he randomly brought it up. And it reminds me here, as he said, you can't technically, you know, this guy's a scientist. You can't technically be stressed or be anxious if you're concentrating right now on this moment or even the task at hand. Because the theory is, you know, anxiety comes from, you know, the future anticipation. Depression comes from the past. So it's just a good point of he, he mentions that he just did meditation one day, downloaded an app, did 20 minutes, and that's what popped up in aware, in his, in his mind, that's what popped up. So what's interesting about that is you never would break free from that cycle unless you knew that, unless you could see that. And when I look at people like us and people we talk to, none of us are claiming to be anything special but we know that maybe what we're doing could be wrong maybe it could be right maybe it could be whatever so i think the the it it's just interesting that people are so stuck in that and they think it's normal the last thing i'll say is i was talking to someone the other day and they've been trying to um you know lose weight for a while and it was really interesting and it's basically a family friend that i've known forever and I said, well, you know, just the very simple version, I mean, me and you are big in health and it's a big part of my life. And I said, the very simple version is your diet sucks. You need to cut the carbs and you need to cut the sugar. You can keep everything else the same, your 20 minute walk on the treadmill once a month, cut the, cut those two things and watch what will happen. And they responded perfectly. No drama, no nothing. They go, oh, there's no possible way I can do that. Um, You know, thanks for your help. So the point I'm making is there was no possible way in that person's world, in their perception, in their life, that they could stop those things. There's no way. They liked them too much. It wasn't going to happen. They battled weight for years but they cannot drop those two things. So my point is, we are stuck in programming. And if you don't know you're in that programming, you're done. It's, it's the circle. It's a cycle all over again. What, what do you think about that, Nick?
1: Yeah, um, I'll respond to that. And then I'll actually go back to the original question on uh, family stuff. But to your first point here. If you think about it, it, it's probably one of the hardest steps because what you're talking about is the same thing I just said, just in a different way in that anybody who's listening to this, if you just stop and think about it, by default, essentially it's a survival mechanism at its lowest level. For you to survive essentially day to day, you have to have the assumption that what you're doing is the right thing. Are you supposed to be drinking water or is it poison? Well, no, of course it's not. It's water. I'm not going to get too esoteric here, you know, but you can question that to your point. Well, why should I drink water versus battery acid? Yep. Stupid question, but a very easy one. But now just scale that up. Okay, well, I'm eating chips and drinking soda and eating ice cream. Why? Why am I doing that? You know, you can take, you and I take slightly different approaches, and I think it's going to depend a little bit on your personality, and there are probably a few other approaches you can take. But a questioning approach for me, you know, it's more constructive, just giving, I look at things very technically. So if you're technical minded, I think it's a little easier to say, something's broken, how do I fix it? In this case, let's assume I'm broken, because I want result X, but you know, I want to be skinny, but I'm fat okay, so I'm broken. What am I, how am I broken that I'm producing fat instead of producing skinny? Yeah. Now, once you start asking that, it it leads to other questions. Okay, well, I would have to do X, Y, and Z. Well, I don't really want that. I really enjoy eating cakes and ice cream and drinking soda and sitting on the couch. And whether you or I like it or not, honestly, it's a legitimate answer. Yeah. 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 I like, eating my shit and sitting on the couch, well then that's your real answer. Your real answer is not that you wanna be skinny, you don't. Yep. You like to eat your chips and your cookies and your ice cream and watch TV. No judgment, if, if that's your path, recognize it. Because at least then, right, look at, to your point, depression, anxiety, you know, how common is depression amongst people who are overweight? Oh, yeah. If you could, see people like that and have that discussion, think about that. You know, I'm not going to judge you in this discussion. If Let's go through this exercise. And if you legitimately would prefer to eat cakes and ice cream and candy and junk and sit on the couch, okay. Acknowledge that. And think about what that actually means for you. So why are you stressed about wearing a bathing suit? You should be the guy sitting on in the beach you know, weighing 300 pounds saying, damn straight, and I'm going to eat four packages of cookies while you stress over a bag of potato chips. Rock on.
0: Yep. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of like another version of basically being secure. I mean, it could be with anything, you know, it's, it's, if, and it, when you say that, what I also think about is, if you could have that discussion with any person going through every, anything, it doesn't have to be weight or anything like that. Um, if they could see that first part and say, yup, this is what it is. I prefer to do this over this. That in itself is waking up because even if the answer isn't what we would call optimal, it's optimal for them because that's what they want to do right now. You know, so that that's kind of, that's an interesting point. But before we get too off the track, give us more about what you're You want to say something more about family and living in this or leading in this day and age.
1: You know, it was actually a perfect lead in from uh, what you just said there In that I try to take the perspective of, you know, giving my family, my children, the tools to answer their own questions. I take the point of view and as you and I know, most people who would listen to this know, 10 of us can ask the same question and come up with 10 different answers and they can all be legitimate answers. Um, so, you know, my son is the oldest. Um, he's just getting old enough to have some really deep discussions. And he asks some, some very hard questions sometimes, you know, whether you're like, you know, daddy, why do you see all, you know, people fighting each other over race? Or, you know, why, he actually asked me the other day, what's the whole deal with uh you know a boy being a girl or a girl being a boy or, or uh, you know whatever <clears throat> my approach to any of this even to daily lessons is here's what's worked for me um, you know obviously I'm dad so here are my general expectations but you also need to make your own decisions you may come to a, a different answer than me but if whatever answer you come to you have to be able to justify explain how you got there yeah yeah that's my my like one golden rule is you never paired an answer yeah well i heard or the teacher said wrong answer i don't you can disagree with the teacher i'll go to bat with with you all day long but be able to explain to me or anybody else why you're that wrong
0: yeah, it's interesting. It reminds me of a saying in law enforcement where they call it the totality of circumstances. So you do something, and whether it's right or wrong, you have to explain in detail in each step how you got to that decision. And in a lot of in a lot of situations, that detail will be a go or a no go because obviously you got to watch you got to watch what you do in law enforcement. But um, it's an interesting point because it's, pr- I would say probably what you just said is about the most, I would say it's probably the most realistic way to kind of, so you're saying, okay, and that I, th- I feel like if I had kids, that's what I would be like is, okay, do what you need to do. You know, we got frameworks, we've got layouts and context, but you need to explain why you get there. And that is a good point because, you know, a lot of times with me, You know, you're working more in systems and the systematic approach. And it's something that I've tried to do a little more because it could, it's a good approach. I usually have this kind of broad, you know, I feel like I learned it from Hawkins, this contextual thing where I kind of hit it once with a why, and I just kind of pull back and just sit there and I'm just, I'm just waiting, you know, instead of mapping out each step. But the reason why too, is I feel like I did that way too much back. You know, we've had this discussion. I was just I've written about this. I put it in the book. I was miserable. I mean, oh, I was miserable for so many years. And I did too much of that. I remember writing things for training where I would say, you know, you could think yourself out of every situation. I would write these notes down and try to teach it or something, you know, in my job. And that's bullshit because you can't at some point the thinking's gotta stop. So I'm going kind of off the rails here, but That was interesting when you said that, because if people had the outlook more of, oh, have your view, have your outlook, but know why you have it, because they call that, I was reading one of these spiritual teachers, and he called it a direct thought. He's like, nobody has a direct thought anymore. They just, I heard this, I saw this, this news agency, but there's no direct thought. What are you feeling? You know, what do you feel when you detach all the emotion? when you just take a second to pull back, and I mean, I keep saying it, but we've talked about this for probably hours on end total, where we have something, we bring it up to each other, it gets hashed out, and then next day, we send a message, we go, oh, boom, this just happened, or this just popped up, I mean, people would call it synchronicity, Um, but it's it's an interesting approach, so what I'll ask, because I'm just going off the rails here, is Let's talk about that approach more. So are you looking at it more as people, I mean, you were talking about your kids, but we could talk about just people in general, need to have more direct thoughts. They need to know where it came from, and that basically the problem now is that they're getting them from, we'll call it dead-end sources. That's kind of a random, random way to put it, but tell me what you think about that. I think that's probably the the biggest challenge of the the
1: current phase of society that we're in. And honestly, it's an easy trap, even for you and I, because everything around us at this point in time, at this point in history is programmed to get you to basically think about as deep as a, uh, a squirrel on speed would, you know, you don't hold a thought for more than about a 10th of a second, you know, so yeah, think about it. You know, I'll put it out there. You know, it's probably no surprise to anybody who's even listened to this this far. You know, you and I would probably be more traditional. You know, leaning from a you know political spectrum perspective. So you know, you and I can hear. You know, Trump's associated with this person who did this bad thing. And you and I, it's very easy for us on a split technique to say, well, yeah, yeah, he's a powerful person. There's always going to be shady people around you, whatever. Well, it's just as easy from the other side as we kind of started this conversation with to say, well, I don't like that position, so this supports X, versus saying, you know, well, okay, well, what's the actual point? You told me some information. What's the point of the information? Just everything about our lives, you know, you, me, anybody listening to this, what part of your life is really structured in a way in this day and age where you would actually pause and say, you asked me a question. What's the actual point of that question?
0: Yep. You couldn't say that nowadays. (laughs) You'd be like, you'd be, you couldn't even ask that nowadays, you know?
1: Right, or even just taking a moment to think about it, like you get an email, you know, in this day and age, you know, especially in, say, a work environment, you're getting 100, 200 emails a day, you know, somebody's asking you a, a work-related question, I need an answer to this, well, hold on a second, maybe you don't actually need an answer to that, but we have just been collectively conditioned that you just have to rapid fire, so even somebody who's kind of awake, aware, it's it's very easy to just, get swept away and not
0: even realize it. Yeah. It, it's definitely environment. I mean, it's, it's interesting because in the midst and we kind of said this earlier in the midst of like, I actually believe that a lot of people want to do that. You know, a lot of people want to ask why more that they want to get an email and say, Hey, you know, why are you asking me this? I mean, it, it's, I can remember even being, you know, in one of my jobs where at one point I had to do some, you know, we could call it like normal stuff, like administrative stuff and it would literally be like if you put the in the email and forgot the e on the you get 20 emails from someone saying you fuck that up. You know, like we're we're in a place now where it's very much okay to not ask why to be, you know, you just said it to be, to not have an attention span for someone to say, I mean, this was a story of my life. And, you know, most of my jobs where we're doing the same things over and over. And then if you stop and say, Hey, like, you know, you get a leadership position, you say, Hey, like, uh, so, so why do we do this? Oh, we've just always done it this way. You know, and that's kind of how we're at in society now where it's just, It's like you you were talking, and I'm thinking, man, you can't even do that stuff without getting in trouble. If you sat back to the media or to people you know or in certain parts of the country and you asked why to something, you're done. I mean, we see that in the news every other day. You're done. You can't ask why. So, yeah, go ahead. Here's the funny thing is Twitter and Facebook actually –
1: Literally tell you that this is how it works now. Yeah. Because look at their metrics. They don't measure content, they measure, measure engagement. What's engagement? Engagement, think of it as an, uh, electrical signals back and forth, like a neuron firing or Morse code. I don't care what's in the ping. I just need that ping going back and forth as often as possible and as many pings as possible. There can be complete noise in the ping and zero information content. I don't care. I just want the ping, which is what we're talking about, versus I don't care about the pings. I don't care how often they occur or how many they occur. Well, you need a certain minimal amount to have a conversation. But as long as we have this basic minimum amount, I actually don't care beyond that. What I care about is what is that ping, what is that communication, what is it carrying? And why is it caring? It's yep. night and day from that perspective.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because the first thing, you know, I get these, I get these thoughts when you bring in this stuff up because the first thing that popped in my head was every time you see someone, because so we're talking about the ping, we need that, you know, that it's like the, you know, the neurons, like the central nervous system. You need these signals going back and forth, this data going everywhere. And isn't it funny how if you're out anywhere in public, I'm thinking of people like in a restaurant, what do you see? Six kids in the restaurant with their parents and every one of them's on their phone. One second goes by where there's dead space, like there isn't anything going on, boom, on the phone. And what is that feeding? That's feeding that data back and forth, the engagement, boom, boom, boom you know, we could go, I mean, we could talk for six hours about how our phones and everything are programming us, but it's just interesting because in the midst, so this is what I'll segue into real quick, because we talked about this, I think a long time ago, you know, people will bring up stuff and they'll say, you know, this is going on society. These people are doing this. I mean, I, I don't get really like into a lot of that stuff, like the conspiracy type stuff even though what's that even mean nowadays but it's interesting because we're so easily programmed excuse me and we're so easily diverted from the goal from the mission from the internals from asking the questions from doing the work there's not really much that needs to be done in my opinion with outside sources you give someone a phone and they're done addicted done in the phone all day every second you know it's it, there isn't much that has to be done you know what i mean like well, well, you don't have to do much because it's all already there we are so far from our center that we are manipulated without even knowing it you know you're
1: absolutely right there the interesting thing about it as you know as you point out, I'm gonna go a little more technical with this, is that what a lot of that is, is it's the hijacking of evolved human systems. So, you know, take humanity back to you living in a village. How do you collect information? You know, you don't have the internet, you don't have wireless systems, you don't even have telephones. You know, it's, it's literally a village, you got some fire, some bows and arrows. You you, anybody in your village you've either killed or you trust, you know, to, to make it super simple here. So from that perspective, any data source in your trusted circle, you know, Bob, Joe, Sarah, Juan, whoever, you're generally going to take that information as truth because you don't have time to go run through the forest to the next village and the next one over and the next one and collect the information yourself. So by default, you have to have this trusted circle of communication. Now, jump forward a couple of thousand years, you have cell phone, internet. Well, you can say that my village from a personal perspective hasn't really changed. I still, you know, most people have no more than a few dozen very close people that they interact with on a regular basis. But the problem is, is now mixed with that, with that signal, with my normal personal-to-person is cell phone, internet, mainstream media. Most of us, unless you've been trained how to, don't even know how to separate, shall we say, trusted from non-trusted communications. You know, just human nature as we have evolved is that any information coming within this circle, unless there's some red flag on it, is generally trusted and brought into your internal mental model of the world. So, you know, actually, teenage girls are a perfect example of this and a very easy one. Um, social media, being a father with daughters, this is something I'm very aware of. And uh, I actually have a, a niece who has actually had a lot of problems with this. And it's been very educational. Teenage girls, uh, you know, I'm going to butcher the psychology here, but to get into a little bit of psychology, young men essentially develop their personal identity, their personal value, you know, through physical competition. It's not allowed so much anymore, but still, you know, hey, I can do X, I can't do X, you know, personal achievements. Yeah. You don't base it on other people. It's what can I do? What challenges can I overcome? Whether it's make the varsity team or I got a date with this girl or whatever, or, I, you know, I got this fancy car. Fantastic girls is different you know especially younger girls who are just starting to come into adulthood they determine their value based on their social circles so you go back even 50 years and your social circle was no more than even if you lived in a city 50 years ago your immediate social circle was less than 100 people now realistically even if you have one or two wealthy families in that social circle. Okay, you have Sarah and Jessica who are, you know, have wealthy families and, you know, they're all blinged out, right? But you don't really care for the most part. You might be, I'm jealous, that would be nice to have. But most of the circle, you have a realistic sampling of what's achievable in your circle, you know, of where you are in life and existence. Now imagine you suddenly replace that with the internet where Not only do you see the entire world, so now the population of females you compare yourself to is not 50 people or 100 people, it's 100 million. Mm -hmm. But not only that, you know, all of us do it and it's not intentional. What do you put on social media or what do you put on the internet? You don't take a picture of yourself when you just woke up and you look like, you know, like a freaking cadaver. You take a picture of yourself that, that looks good. You know, maybe it's that one where you had just gotten all done up for a wedding. You you look like a million bucks.
0: Filters. Yep.
1: So now suddenly you have teenage girls, especially teenage girls who are trying to develop self-identity, self-value. And they're having to measure themselves against the best possible conditions of essentially, you know, the best possible outcomes amongst 100 million people. Uh, And and you wonder why there are depression and emotional and, you know, issues like that. So to bring it back around, the whole point is that, you know, our historical, our evolved, you know, value and communication systems, you know, have not kept up with the rate of our technological development. Our technological development has jumped so far ahead and said, you used to have a dribble of information. Now you have the Amazon River of information, and everyone has it. We don't have social systems to deal with that, and it's it's problematic.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's kind of in a position where everything, as far as social media, and man, you could see this on you know some of these platforms where someone's got an account. They have, what, 25 million followers. You have no clue what they do. You have no clue what the hell their purpose is, but they look good in every picture, colors, filters. And I can't even imagine being, you know, somebody growing up, male or female, and have to kind of see something like that. You know, I, I, I just, it's unbelievable. Like you said, I mean, you're looking. You said this, but you're looking at conditions that are not even perfect. They're beyond perfect. They're not even real. I'm sure you can download an app now where you just click a button and it like removes your chin or some fucking wrinkle on your face. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they have that. So you've got people doing that, and you'll see things, you know, in the media where little pictures will leak out of someone that does wake up in the morning and you're like, who the hell is that? Oh, it's this person on wherever that's got fifty million followers and has never looked anything but perfect their whole life. I I can remember at one point before I moved to the mountains, was working in the city, you know, I was, you know, doing all that stuff. And I can remember being just friends, like work friends and their kids. And I don't remember who the hell it was, but one of them was basically like making comments where their goal in life was not a mission it was not a job not that I'm saying you have to die. I don't care what people do do whatever you want to do but their mission was basically just to be famous there wasn't like you said the system wasn't broken down into why oh I want to be famous because I've done this or I've done that no no no. just famous so they wanted that image you know and that's what we're living in now i mean it's 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 unbelievable when you talk about this stuff and that's kind of why i wanted to do this random podcast because i don't think it's i don't think these things are looked at like that you know it's looked at as kind of normal it's kind of looked at what is you know we we have we don't we don't do much socializing up here which we'll just say is on purpose but in the times that we have You know, it's the same thing with everyone, checking the phones, you on Facebook, blah, blah. blah. I'm not on Facebook. So this stuff is common. You know, like you're saying, it's common. It's just unbelievable, man. The more we talk about it, and it makes me wonder how anyone gets through the day at all. You know, I kind of, and this will segue into the next thing is, so what I was going to say is not, I got to word this properly. So. We know, this is a little esoteric, but we know how people wake up. Um, It's usually on a certain set of circumstances. Some people might meditate, some people might do this, might do that. I would say for me personally, I've, I've put this on the internet a million times. I would say in theory, I hit rock bottom, but not in the normal way that people would. Probably looked fine on the outside, but I was just tormented by the mind by thoughts by all this stuff and it kind of hit a point where I had to take like you know there was a fork in the road basically and I was able to take whatever you want to call it I don't care about these bullshit names but higher you know path lower path so what I'm getting at is you have what we just said it's normal I've been around people where they've kind of hinted at me kind of the spiritual stuff, the awareness, the esoteric, you know, they're asking questions that they can't, they can't answer. And I've thrown them little, you know, bones here and there. Well, you know, maybe you should look into this, maybe you should start reading this book, but they are so locked into the things that you were just saying, social media, the pictures, the, there's nothing set up. Like you said, a structure set up that could keep up with this technology. And I'm telling you, Nick, these people have looked at me like I I can see some of their faces right now. And it's always the same, you know, in the military, they would say, Hey, it's like, you had a dick on your forehead. You know, they're looking at you. They're looking at you like what is going on? But it's like a zombie look. It's actually like, I don't like usually what happens is I'll throw them a little bone real just basic, like, you know, maybe Google this or look into this. And it's usually look down at the phone, scroll a few times, look away and change the subject. So here was kind of the point, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier today is what is the path? What is this path? So me and you know, it. it's subjective. It's like Dr. Hawkins said, it's subjective. It's all subjective. My path was different than your path. I think it all leads to the same place. But to get there, to rise out, have some awareness, be above the programming. But when you're dealing with this in society, do you have some people waking up? What is the path nowadays? And we could, you could get as esoteric as you want, man. I don't care. But what is what is the path right now, 2019? What is waking up?
1: Yeah, I have to preface that. In uh, and this is a I will say this is a personal opinion I will not call this a belief a rule or anything more than a personal opinion in that when you look at the bigger picture I'm going to dive straight in and go esoteric here If if you think of most of humanity as you know higher selves you know learning lessons, gaining experience as we transit through this place, this realm, this world, that at any given time, only a very, very small number of people, of souls, are either prepared or intended to actually wake up. Waking up too soon takes away from the experience. You know, if you really believe that the, the point of most of this, the the reason for most of this is experience, essentially a giant spiritual training ground, for lack of a better description, then for most of that experience, waking up is to be avoided, you know, from a systems standpoint. You know, imagine it's uh, like, you have like virtual reality, like in the movies. Well, if I'm supposed to be in virtual reality to do training, then I'm not supposed to take the goggles off because it's yeah. a key point of me doing the training. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of how I'd have to preface it. And, you know, yes, you can read that in like some of Bain's stuff and various other sources. And I've heard different opinions and that's a very different subject. But just having it prefaced it for that, <clears throat> you know, I, I think you actually pretty na- much nailed it. You have to hit the wall and that wall can take, I would imagine, almost limitless number of forms but by hitting the wall, your belief system, your understanding of the world has to come apart yep. whether it's be stress on a job or, you know, I'll get a little bit personal with me. <clears throat> something just didn't make sense about the world even all the way back as a teenager. I asked a lot of adults about it. And, you know, to use your phrase, I got looked at quite often by adults. Like I had a dick on my forehead. Like you're, you're just supposed to be chasing girls. Like what the hell are you doing? Asking me this shit. Like go chase some girls. And it, it got to a point where I just kind of gave up on it and like, okay, may, maybe I'm just slow. And, you know, I'm not figuring out this whole growing up thing. And, uh, you know, I, I really hit my wall for real probably as I get closer to 30 because I'd gotten old enough where basically I'm like, well, I'm growing up. It wasn't me not really getting the whole growing up thing. One plus one still isn't equaling two um, you know, I, I followed the path. I did what you were supposed to do. I went to school, got a good job, you know, getting ready to get married. All like I, I literally, I nailed the path step for step, nailed it, but it doesn't add up. And, you know, honestly, for me, that, that was a bit of a personal crisis because it was suddenly like, so, what the hell's the point? Yeah. It, not in the sense of suicide, but in the sense of, you know, I, I don't get it. Everybody's doing this, relatively speaking. But if you actually take a step back and look at it, you know, the why of doing this is absurd. So for me, it wasn't a stress wall. It was, you know, it was a uh, discontinuity. You're telling me X, but I'm seeing Y. And no matter what I do, I cannot get the two to match. And that kind of forced me to say, well, everything is wrong. Yep. Uh, so now I got to go find a better answer. And it took me a while. I, I mean, you know, it, this is one of those silly games. If I could go back and redo something, it would probably be that period. Because that's right about the time that my first kid was born. And, and I'll be honest, the, the first two or three years of being a parent, I struggled a lot. Because that was the question in my head, not how do I, you know, not perhaps these typical questions of, you know, how should I be a dad and this and that, but it's, you know, if I can't answer my own question of what, what's the point, you know, like the why of the why, like, why do I even get out of bed in the morning per se? And once again, not from a depression perspective, but just, you know, sitting behind, is. Everything about the average approach to life—it's not adding up. But now I have a kid, so supposedly I have everything figured out, and now I have to help this, you know, new life do their thing. It was a serious mind fuck. Oh yeah, and that was my wall, and I—I I think I really had to just kind of struggle through that wall for honestly two or three years before. I was willing to start going down the more esoteric rabbit hole. You know, I had actually dabbled in it way back, uh, starting in my late teens, honestly. And it it just seemed too fantastical. Some of just the general concepts. Uh, I'm not even getting into the, the really hardcore stuff, but even the basic stuff. You and I are used to it. But if if you, I'll give you an example. The most basic description of well, you have a meet. you know, actually I had this discussion with my son um, probably about a month ago of, who are you? People ask, ask that to somebody, who are you? Well, what the hell do you mean, who am I? Well, in this case, my son was reading a book at the time. So I said, who's reading the book? I am. Okay, well, who, I was, when you read the book and you read the words, where do you hear those words? Well, just think about it, you read, you're hearing the words. Well, I hear them in my head. Okay, so you are your body. Yes. Okay, so if I cut both your arms off, there's less of you. No, it's still me. I, would, I couldn't hold the book. Well, you're right, you couldn't hold the book. But you're also right, you know, even at his age, in elementary school, he recognizes that no, I would still be me, even if I suddenly didn't have arms. Okay, so you're not your body. So what are you? Most people like they they
0: stop right there. Oh yeah, like, oh they're, they're yeah. Like, I'm out. Yeah, can't <laughs> handle. <me> alone. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, it it's funny because the the thing that I've always used is kind of a visual. Like with that question, is I picture um, like a cord running across the top of like a room so like a cord that's just running across the ceiling horizontally and there's pieces of the cord that drop down and there's lights at the bottom of the light or at the bottom of the cord well the light is us and then the cord goes up and hits the main cord that just runs and non-stop runs it's like there's something there that is providing who we are that drops down to those lights and the light might go out, but the power above it is still running, you know, and that's how I've always looked at it. And, and it's, it's hard. Cause how do you make, I mean, what the hell does that mean? What I even said, but like you said, I can remember being young and man, this was, this was tough. And I would think, okay, if we were created by God, who created God? What's before God? There is a big bang. Okay, what was before the big bang? And even when you think about it now, it kind of stops mentally. There's like a space where it's like, ah, I can't really go any farther than that. And if you read the esoteric stuff and a lot of these, you know, shit that was written thousands of years ago, they essentially tell you that you're not supposed to know. That's the point. You know that's the that's the field. That's the some people call it the uh, crap. Now I forget what uh, Hawkins calls it. He uh, Hawkins calls it the void. You know you have to watch out for it. But bottom line, the mind itself was only designed to go so far. And I I think when we ask these questions like you're saying, and it was just, it ties into me. I can remember having experiences when I was younger. I can remember working with my dad and just like out on a site work and just manual labor and thinking, this is not the point of life. It's not that this is bad, but there's something more like just, you know, to kind of show up, do a job, get a six pack, go home, repeat. There's no way that that's the actual purpose of our life is to just repeat that like a robot. So I would ask these questions. and like you said, I would get I would get shit on for it. but I didn't know what the hell it was and now I do. but I think that's how it starts for most people. I can remember going to church and having these kind of experiences because you know you, we could talk about religion all day, but there you know, there are people that go to church and do this and they're high energy, they're good people, they're aware people. And I can remember being around a few of them and just having these moments where I was like, what is going on? You know, literally, like the mind stops, flow state, whatever you want to call it. And you, you know, you just, like you said, you wonder, what, what is that? So you hit a point where you start with the self help, you go into psychology, you go to philosophy then for me, it kind of hit a wall there. And I said, well, I'm not getting any of these answers. And I read some book, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like a summary 200 page deep dive of every esoteric concept, you know, the double slit experiment, everything you can think of. And I just remember thinking, this is where the answers are. I don't know what they are exactly, but this is where they're at. You know, so... (laughs) I think we're at a time where the answers are in a place where people don't want to tread or they can't tread.
1: So you know, I guess one thing I would add to it. Yeah, you're kinda of like to your point you made. If you just keep asking why and just keep going back, you know, what's before the Big Bang? What's you know, what's before God or source, you know, personally, I prefer the name source, just, and the reason I do is because for me personally, and I think this is the case for a lot of people, not everybody, but when you embody something in a human form, it completely alters your perception of it. It inherently gives it various limits. It inherently requires certain things of it. So whether you realize it or not, Essentially, every single person, you know, if you're in the east, maybe it's as a Hindu god or Buddha. If you're in the west, it's probably going to be the guy with the beard up in the sky. Um, but as soon as you think God, yeah. you know, you, you have subconsciously, before your conscious mind can even stop the process, you've actually already screwed up your own ability to process that. Whereas yeah. when you just step away and say Source, you can call it whatever you want, but it needs to be, people don't realize how powerful language is. It, it is, it, it's funny. Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit of a sidetrack here. Especially when you start getting to esoteric stuff, if you take a moment and you actually think about the complexity and the power of language, you know, the, the legends of magic, of me speaking a spell, actually make a lot of sense you know, maybe not to the grand case of I'm going to shoot fireballs from my hands because I said this set of words, but you know, a, a very easy and a very real example are pickup artists. They cast spells. Literally, the, if you look at the, the most base form of it, you have a guy or a group of guys who literally memorize 30, 40, 50 lines. If I walk up, to the average woman and I use, you know, it's an if-then-else loop. And I, if I use these series of if-then-else loops, I will produce X results. You're casting a spell with language. Yep. I, literally. So, the power of language is just vastly, you know, vastly misunderstood. So, the point being is, obviously I'm not saying it's a problem for you, but, when you, especially when you get into the esoteric world, I think you sometimes have to slow yourself down and really look at what language are you using. Because then I found myself trying to really process some concepts that I've actually changed some of the words. A, a book or an article may use a certain word for something, and I change it when I read it. I don't say, I'll use a, the example we were just talking about. You know, God is X. Okay, well I don't read that. I read source is x okay well now you know what you'll suddenly find yourself well all right this makes more sense i can process it
0: yeah yeah i mean it does make more sense in general because it's that's what it is (laughs) you know if you believe in god or this or a god or whatever you're putting that whatever as a source i mean that's what that's what people are saying they don't even know they're saying it anyway so yeah that's definitely the better word I mean I just think it's interesting because when I talk to people like you it, it's it's interesting because these past kind of start the same way you know it starts by being young and something's different it's something's off and I can remember that everybody would call me an old soul when I was younger and I didn't know what the hell that meant I didn't know but I was just that kind of kid that was asking these things and I can remember being in class or even being in training and thinking this is just some weird shit I mean you're you're looking at something from an outside view and you're like everyone in here is a freaking zombie and I used to be like in high school and middle school I was really angry and I never knew why I was angry and I know why now not that it was right it was still a pretty low level view but I would always tell, um, I would always tell like my family and people around me, I'd be like, this is all bullshit. Like, it's like people are actors, you know what I mean? It's like, I could see that, but I didn't know what to do with it. And like you said, you could go in the circle for three years. I mean, it it never ends, but it's definitely interesting because we, you know, kind of, to end it, to kind of bring this back around to how we started in the times that we're in, that seems so kind of lost. There's a section that's waking up and there's people that know what's going on. And, you know, this podcast, other podcasts, you've been on plenty of people online, there's a subsection. And I think it's interesting that that even exists I really do. And this was just a random podcast. This is the first one I've done, weapons free. But I think we need to do another one, round two, and we need to do it soon because it was cool to just go into all these topics because everything's connected. You know what I mean? Everything we talked about seems random, but it's connected. And that's the times we're living in right now. So, anyway, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll record another one soon and um yeah man thanks for coming on hey jason it was a pleasure and an honor thank you very much all right guys we will see you next time thanks for listening this episode of the painted target podcast was brought to you by awareness integrations only you care about your problems the painted target is also sponsored by grave delay athletics apparel that says i'm gonna live well and cheat death